Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good afternoon, Spurs fans, and welcome to our weekly uh, Football.London Spurs podcast. Uh, this is our second edition following our successful deadline day opener. Joining me this afternoon, joining myself, Tom Marshall-Bailey, the editor for the website, got Alasdair Gold, our Spurs writer. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. And we've also got Steve Ferrugia, who is a, a big Spurs fan who works, um, who's, who's had quite a key role in Football.London. Do you want to explain what you've been up to with us? Um, so I work on the team that basically creates the websites and brings them to life. So, so. A pretty key role, I think it's mm. fair to say. Yeah. 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 And a big Spurs fan, so we're happy to, to welcome Steve along to this week's pod. Um, lads, I think the, the best place to start is obviously the, the weekend win over Middlesbrough. You were delighted with Moussa Dembele and, and Victor Wanyama's partnership in the middle of the park. Was there. Do, you, do you want to eulogise over them some more? They were fantastic, honestly. It is the most powerful partnership in the Premier League. It really is. It's the one thing I don't think any other team, even Chelsea, have is that power in the centre and they complement each other you know one hangs back one goes forward although you know they don't offer too much of an attacking threat but they are just they are essentially like a brick wall we, uh, Spurs fans always used to say that you know Adwarald and Vertonghen were our brick wall but now we've got like a second one get through that and then you've got the other two behind them um, I just I mean it was something I mentioned straight after the game a lot of people were kind of were going down the Son route and how he won the penalty was man of the match for me those two guys were just which is awesome. I mean, it's the tackles. It's with Dembele. You've got this thing with him. It's just, it just glides. I remember. I remember in the first half there was that moment where he just it was one step over. A couple of sort of shifted it from left to right and just weaved through a gap. Mm. Steve, I don't know what you thought about their performances, but they they seem to catch the eye. Yeah, Dembele can just get get through players and and just somehow end up further up the pitch without seemingly putting too much effort into it. And I think this season, Wanyama has just been a revelation. And I think people who knew of his ability at Southampton um, knew how good he would be for Spurs. And I think, as Alistair was saying, Wanyama and Dembele, when Dembele has played, have been two of the best players on the pitch. And I think it sort of goes under the radar because they are doing such a good job. And if they keep control in the centre of the field, it gives the wing backs and uh, the guys up top the opportunity to to play better. Definitely, I would, and the other thing with Wanyama is there's this eleven million pound kind of price tag that was bandied about. It wasn't. It was nine. It was closer to nine. Yeah. Everything I've heard that tells me it's nine. That is astonishing. For a player that is essentially yeah, he's what he's been one of the signings of the summer, if not the signing of the summer. Do you know, do you now think, given the fact that with Rose out, it's kind of altered the makeup of Poch's setup. He's now had to revert to the back four in that he doesn't necessarily feel he's got a natural player to come in and, and perform that wing back role. Obviously, on the other side, if Walker was to be out, then you'd, you'd fancy Trippier to step into those shoes in the wing back yeah, role, definitely. and, and it would be light for light, but. 
Davis, obviously a bit more defensive-minded. The fact he lines up in a back three for Wales as, as the left-sided central defensive option, he, he seems not quite suited to that left wing-back role. Does it present a few conundrums now for Potts? I think I think Danny Rose's injury was the one that was almost going to kill that formation. Anyone else you could probably say in that formation is replaceable. But if we just don't have another wing-back on the left-hand side in the first team at the moment. And it's... It's a massive shame because that three-four-three formation was—we were flying, absolutely flying with it, Spurs. Uh, I mean, you could maybe say it started to come a little bit unstuck against Man City, which is why we changed it. But we just haven't looked convincing since we've gone back to the back four, and that's no slight on Davies. Davies is a very solid left back. He's not a left wing back though, and you know, as we saw against Middlesbrough, he did did very well against Adam Traore, which Pochettino picked up after the press conference. He was really keen to kind of praise him for that. He did play a big role, but just it's strange really because we've got another attacking player on this on the team with a you know with a four at the back. It gives you that license, but there was just something about the flying wing backs. It just you know they were so advanced. Kane had more service with that. Whereas in the, uh, it's like a 4-2-3-1 um, formation, Kane doesn't have as much service. And he, as we saw the other day, he just he didn't have many chances. And also, Borough have obviously are one of the best sort of teams defensively in the Premier League. I mean, in terms of the teams in the lower half, they've conceded you know, the least goals, difficult to break down. Obviously Spurs eventually you know, knocked the door down. But there was evidence there to suggest that Maybe they're not all going to have it all their own way with with four at the back. Clearly, they almost settled into that three at the back, and the wing backs and packing out the midfield. Ali and Eriksson working off Kane. It almost looked like they were readjusting on on Saturday to me. I don't know what you think, Steve, but yeah, I guess it's it's disappointing that you can't play that formation that has been so successful when Danny Rose is out. If you look on the other side, you've got Kyle Walker and Kieran Trippier who are sort of interchangeable. I, I think Carl Walker's a better all-round player. Maybe Trippier's a bit better with the crossing. Yeah. Um, but it's it's just disappointing that we don't have that player on the left, which means that we have to play the four at the back and we don't get the attacking down the right side either. You're not just losing your, your wing-back on the left, you, you're losing your wing-back on the right as well. I know you've championed, Alistair, the idea of Carl Walker-Peter. Liverpool way feels... Not necessarily like the ideal opportunity yeah. to, to put him in there, but is that an option that you think Potts should should look at heading forwards? If you're looking for a wing back, he can play that role. He's he's naturally has played right back for the under twenty threes most of the season, but he can play the left. He can play left, and what he has is he's he's kind of he is a bit of a mini Danny Rose in that if you can get any smaller than Danny Rose is uh, <laughs> he does you know he's got pace he's got a bit of power I mean I watched him the other night playing against uh, Southampton in the Premier League too and he he got battered in a kind of an aerial challenge clash of heads and he just shook it off got on and it was really that was one of my first thought was that's Danny Rose-esque you know he just gets walloped and keeps going pings in loads of low crosses into the box yeah. on advanced areas he is that player but I mean I asked Pochettino last week whether he was going to um, have him in the squad because of the injuries for the Borough game and he just straight out just went no, no 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 not in this squad so maybe he's not as close as a lot of fans hope he is well we've got Carl Walker Peters maybe we need a Danny Rose Peters <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely definitely the um 
it, it's an interesting one with with Eric Dyer as well. Actually, o- obviously, the the suggestions are that it will be Vertonghen and Rose that miss out at Liverpool this weekend, as as things stand. Obviously, that could change um, in the next couple of days. But you'd imagine it will be Dyer at centre half again, alongside alongside Toby. But given how well Dembélé and Wanyama are playing at the moment. Does it almost when Vertonghen steps in? Is it is does Dyer almost become the odd man out a little bit? Would you say? So. I think so. I think he's been fortunate this year in that kind of injuries have helped him keep his place, and in the formation change, whether that was Pochettino wanting to keep all his best players, and he does see Eric Dyer as one of his key players. Whether that's a way of keeping all of them in the team, but no, certainly he came. I think he had a bit of a kind of a hangover from England in the summer and how absolutely god-awful they were. And he came into the season, he did have, I think he had a couple of games in that defensive midfield role, it just didn't look the same. But a lot of fans will tell you that they feel, in a strange way, although Wanyama's been absolutely amazing, Dyer is actually, is kind of the more all-round player for that position, and he'll offer you a little bit more going forward as well, and he can drop into the, you can play a back four, with Dyer in that kind of midfield role because he can come back and split the two centre-backs whereas Wanyama, he, he could, he's shown he can play at centre-back but it's obviously not as natural so yeah, it's it's been a funny one with Eric Dyer he hasn't had an amazing season I, I still don't think he's as good a central defender as Pochettino has turned him into as a defensive midfielder which is strange, bearing in mind that was probably more his role but yeah, I think he's... Uh, it's going to be a really interesting last kind of like second half of the season for him, really. I guess that opens up the debate naturally. What what's his best position, Steve? Well, when he in in his first season, he played a few games at right back, mm-hmm. didn't he? he did. um, most most of the time at centre back. But I think it, he was lucky last year that we didn't we didn't get Wanyama, who who was one of our main targets, um, and he was lucky to to sort of be pushed into that role, which he had played at when he was younger. Mm. Um, and obviously he showed that he is absolutely fantastic as yeah. as that defensive uh, midfield player. Um, I guess yeah, it's unfortunate that Wanyama's come in and is as good as um, Pochettino expected him to be. So it's it's a good problem to have that we've got so many good players that yeah, can play. Definitely. In either the defensive uh, defensive midfield role or the um, or the centre back role, it's it's just really tricky, and you've got you've got to feel sorry for Pochettino to be able to, uh, to have to make these decisions. Mm. He's obviously got some some real selection headaches, and that, it's going to be interesting when when the Europa League recommences with the, with the Ghent game next week, and then the the Fulham FA Cup game as well. He's going to have to. He's got some real selection decisions to make, really, hasn't he? He does, and the Wickham game would have scared him yep. because he's, you know, a lot of those fringe players came and didn't perform. Just, they really didn't, and obviously we've got two of those kind of games coming up with Ghent and then uh, Fulham as well. And you know, it's how much rotation can he afford to do and not crash out of a competition? Do you think they will serve as a, a little bit of a distraction? I, I've I've seen a few people on Twitter a little bit concerned about. The league form's obviously been very good. Um, Spurs are on a bit of a roll. It, you know, let, let's not kid ourselves. Chelsea are still nine points ahead, but I, I flagged up in our in our Chelsea podcast yesterday that Spurs' goal difference, I think, is is a is a key factor in that. In that, 
I think they're only four goals off Chelsea. They're still very much in contention. If Chelsea were to slip up, granted, that that seems, you know, um, a difficult prospect to imagine at this point. But obviously, they have no real other other than the FA Cup. They don't have any kind of distractions. Do you do you think the Europa League will hinder Spurs in any way? It's a tough one. It's kind of how Pochettino sees the competition versus how the fans see it. And I think a lot of fans would probably be quite realistic and say, one would love to win the league. It is probably starting to get away from us, and especially if things don't go too well at the weekend, that that could be it almost done. Whereas with the Cups, it's not that many games you know, to lift a trophy, and I think that's just something that Spurs, and although he won't admit it, Pochettino would be desperate to have on his CV. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's, it's lucky in a way that we've got um, the three Cup games in a row. We've got Ghent, then Fulham, then um, Ghent again on the Thursday before we go to Stoke in the league. Mm. Um, so I think it's possible to get that rotation in with the with the three games because you don't have to play our our strongest starting eleven for all th- for any of those games really. So we could bring in some of the some of the uh, fringe players. Um, in some of those positions for for Ghent, and then swap out other roles for for Fulham. Do you think there are players that are deserving of more game time? Because obviously you you referenced the the Wickham game there. I was there. It Sissoko didn't deliver, and Kudu didn't deliver. Um, t- trying to think off the top of my head, Onuma. I think yeah, Onoma. Mm. You know, struggled. struggled. Yeah, just failed to really, you know, offer offer. A performance befitting of what he's been doing with the younger t- younger sides. Against the League Two side, absolutely, it's the it was most disturbing thing I think. Real golden opportunity for so many of those players, and they, they let Pochettino down. Obviously, he said that it was kind of almost a welcome wake up call in some respects. But do you think that there are players there that you know? Obviously, Son's come in, made an impact at the weekend. But beyond that, do you think there are players there that really are deserving of? of a bit more game time I suppose more game time yes you know they're not it's the likes of Winks and Janssen you know they're not gonna at the moment dislodge anyone from that starting 11 just not but in terms of game time Harry Winks has definitely earned more minutes he's he was probably one of you know one of the few players to come out of the Wigan game with credit saw a few calls prior to the Borough game that they needed Winks alongside one of Wanyama and Dembele and that they felt against a team that was going to sit back remain compact not allow Spurs too many opportunities they needed a midfielder that was going to break the lines a little bit get the ball from the defenders and feed it into Ali etc obviously Wanyama and Dembele delivered brilliant performances mm. but he you know he, he does offer something different if, if you know Poch persists with these two in front of a back four for the time being he does. He forces the play, and that's the key thing with him. He's so young, but he kind of really tries to pull the strings. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, he's a strange one. He's kind of used him. I don't. I think he's bringing him on quite late in matches at the moment. He went through a little phase where he was coming on earlier, but now he seems to be kind of reverting back to the seeing out the game towards the end. Which I think he deserves more than that. I think he's he's lucky that it seems that Dembele can't last a, a full yeah. ninety minutes. Which is unfortunate for us because if he if he could play those the last sort of twenty minutes half hour, then we we might do a bit better. But I think it's lucky for Winks that 
he is able to play that last 20 minutes half hour when he gets the opportunity yeah it's funny with Dembele you do you kind of you watch him before a game and I remarked about this to a colleague on uh, at the weekend he kind of shuffles around walks around a bit like a little old man kind of on the pitch L- languid well, yeah, yeah almost, it's a strange yeah, one and then afterwards when you see him leaving the stadium it, it almost looks like he's got a limp when he hasn't but yet put him on the pitch blow that whistle he just comes alive it's like a you know watching a ballerina on a football it's just ridiculous but yeah you just it's it's, it's almost like I'm sorry for the Star Wars reference, but it's, it is like Yoda in Attack of the Clones, throwing the stick away and then suddenly becoming this lightsaber wielding Jedi. And that's that is essentially done. And, and with that, we now have the tagline for today's podcast. So thank you, Alice, there for sorting that out. We'll, we'll move on to the Liverpool game this weekend. Um, you spoke about it just before we, we, we came onto the pod about the need to lay down a bit of a marker. With a big, bigger away win. I mean, if if Spurs were to drop points this weekend at Anfield, which it's a tough place to go. Chelsea only drew there recently. United have only drawn there. City have lost there. There aren't many teams. Obviously, Swansea being one exception, the exception to the rule in that they went up there and I think it was the first, Liverpool's first defeat since they lost to Man United mm-hmm. in the league right at the start of 2016. So they're a tough nut to crack at Anfield, obviously. Um, but given Spurs' results in the big games, one all draw in the North London derby, two all at City, not bad results. Um, two one at Chelsea, one nil at United. They're certainly not bad results, but you feel like a win is, is essential this weekend, don't you? I think it has to be. I think it has to be. We we haven't picked up the wins away from home against the big sides. We just haven't this this year. Um, you know, we turn teams over at home. It seems to be no problem. But yeah, I think if. It is, it is laying down a marker. Essentially, it'd be a bit like the Man City win last season. You go there, pull off a result against, you know, it, that would that would kill. Well, it would it would kill Liverpool's title chances. It might even really, really damage their top four chances, to be honest. And I think, uh, yeah, I think we need to go there, be positive. Liverpool will raise their game. They're that kind of team. They have been slipping up against the smaller sides, whereas. Against the big size, I think they've got you know some very good results. Uh, we've just got to shed this Doctor Tottenham tag, where we go to a team out of form and we just go and give them the three points just to get them back on track. And it can't happen. If it does, I think that's that's curtains for the title. What What do you think the the problem has been, Steve, on the road this season? Because as I say, you know, a, re- a brilliant resolve to come back at City when Wrighton seemed on the wall to come down from 2-0, get a point, came from behind to get a point at Arsenal, arguably should have won that game. United was very close at the time. I think Spurs fans would have been pretty disappointed with that, with United fairly out of form. And Chelsea, again, very tight, having established an advantage. Do you think that there's a problem that's been indicative of all these performances, or, or do you think it's it's simply a case of just they need that. They need that big win to just get over that mental barrier, almost. I see. I, I don't think there's too much of a problem. We're we're second in the league. We've only lost two games this season. I don't think it's a massive, a massive problem that we need to get over. I I think teams are worried when when we go to their home ground and play them, and we play us over at home. A lot of the time, if you look if you look at the stats, they're they're very similar when we're at home and away. So I don't think there is a huge problem. Do you think 
if we're now on that next level where we're not just looking to be a top forward team and we are looking to win that title, do we then start having to pick up points that are three points? Well, yeah, definitely. We, we've definitely got too many draws this season. Mm. Um, we, 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 should, we should have a few more points. And we, Chelsea, are, I think they're, they're too far out of reach now. I know it's only nine points and that, that can change very quickly. But I think the way they're playing, you you can't expect them to lose or drop drop any points. Really, there aren't many difficult ga- that many difficult games left for them either. They that is the key. That is the key for them. I think is it Man City. I think Man City at home, which falls in April. Yeah, and it could be done. Could be done. Could be done. And whereas Spurs, yeah, I mean Liverpool. You could argue that this is the toughest game Spurs are going to face for the rest of the season. You know, no offence to Arsenal, of course, but obviously being at home and we've got a good recent history of winning at home against Arsenal, that Anfield away hasn't hasn't brought a lot of joy Not in recent seasons. Well, just looking at the the home and away form tables, Tottenham thirty two points at home, ten wins, two draws, no defeats. Only team in the Premier League who've yet to lose at home now after Liverpool's defeat to Swansea. You turn to the away table, and, you, and you're right, it, it's the draws that are hindering them, but. 18 points away from home, only four wins. Um, Arsenal, Liverpool, United, City, and Chelsea all above them. It's again, it, it's not necessarily only only two defeats. It's not necessarily been disastrous against Chelsea and Man United. Those two defeats, as absolutely. Well. That's true. But yet, as you as you flagged up before, there needs to if, if Spurs do have realistic title ambitions. Like with the City game last season, this has to be a marker where they go go to Anfield and say, "Do you know what? We're the team. We are the team that are going to be the closest challenger to Chelsea." Because that's been a bit of a debate this week. Ironically, if Gabriel Jesus doesn't score his 92nd minute winner for Man City, for me, they're completely out of the equation as much as Arsenal are, as much as Liverpool are, as much as United are. But this this is an opportunity for Spurs to go and say, "Okay." It, you know, maybe the title does look a distant prospect at this point, but we can still have a major say in this. I think so. I think after last season's end, you know, the final four games, Spurs have got a lot of kind of not making up to do for that, but just to show that they're not going to fall away. They are going to push a team close, and I, th- I think it has. To, it's in a weird position where it kind of I think it has to be at least second this season. I think that's where they have to finish. If they don't. Could argue it's it's not well. It's definitely not a season improvement if they finished uh, third last year. Uh, obviously, points wise, it may end up being better points wise, but just they've got themselves in this position and they can't drop. Would you oh. would you guys go with the same eleven this weekend? <sighs> it's a tough. Oh, I've opened a real a can yeah, of worms yeah. there, haven't I? Yeah, it's a tough one. I I, I really stick on on um, on Son. I just don't. For me, I still think he's an impact sub. You know, he did. He, you know, he won the penalty by all means, and I just think, and you could argue that he probably offered more at points than uh, Son and um, Ericsson and Deli Ali. But I just, I'm never fully convinced by him as a 90-minute player. I think, I think he's um, he is very creative, and the the angles that he scores goals as well is is just ridiculous. So. <laughs> I, I like him being on the pitch and I think that he's one of our biggest goal threats and the the way that Kane's been playing recently I think we need that additional goal threat on the pitch because Kane just isn't 
getting anything. What I would say without Rose as well, I suppose that little bit of pace we would miss if we didn't have Son as well. I'll, I'll give him that. <laughs> <laughs> but that would be your. I'm pressing you for an answer. It would. It would he be? I think Pochettino will stick with the same team. Who who would come in instead of Son if that's, that's the sticking the, point? That is that is a tough one. But, do you, Maybe do you, bring Winks in. I was going to say, do you pack the midfield to make it a bit more... Let's not forget this is a Liverpool team that have got so much movement in and around those those forward positions. With Mane back as well, that's obviously a huge boost to them. Uh, Firmino, Coutinho, they've got so much movement there. Do, do Spurs need that added insurance in midfield? or does that? Well, possibly. I mean, the thing with these Spurs-Liverpool games, and certainly since Klopp's come in, is for the neutral so boring because it essentially has been two pressing teams coming up against each other and not really getting anywhere I think there's been a couple of nil-nils one-ones I don't think I think either have beaten each other apart from in the EFL Cup yeah there have been draws everywhere with the storage goals yeah yeah well, the, the, the game earlier this season though I, I I thought Liverpool were very obviously they were on a bit of a roll at the start of the season um, mm-hmm. they, they looked really impressive they might have won that game it was it was tight. Oh, but it was a late Danny Rose goal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, didn't have it all their own way that day. That was obviously one of, as I say, only two draws. But that was an indicator of at Anfield they're going to be up for it. They know they know now with United breathing down the necks that it's huge for them. So we can expect opening twenty minutes, blood and thunder, loads of big challenges. The crowd really up for it. Spurs have got a really you know, roll up the sleeves and be ready for a bit of a battle this weekend. Well, there's there's definitely more more pressure on on Klopp than there is on Pochettino, absolutely, and, and on the whole Liverpool team. Yeah. Is it one win in the last ten games in yeah. all competitions? Yeah, I yeah. think they've won this year in the league. No, I think it was Plymouth that they, they yeah. won against one in January. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think there is more pressure on Klopp, but as I said, Doctor Tottenham are here. <laughs> so I think that will have all all Spurs fans worried. Well, and the strange thing for me is that. Spurs kryptonite is their own tactics. It's just weird. You'd think if you play this pressing game, you'd know how to combat against it because you know what your own weaknesses are. Yet whenever we come against up against a pressing team, it's always the games we struggle. Man City first half, oh, they press us everywhere. And Spurs go the ball away every yeah. occasion. Odd. Really so it would be interesting then, obviously there was the back three that day with mm. Vimmer, who'd just come in and looked a little bit rusty, I think it's fair to say. Obviously now with the back four. I, I was going to ask you actually, given given the Swansea defeat and Liverpool's recent struggles, how important do you think set pieces will be this weekend? Alderweireld, Dyer being up from the back, Wanyama, there are options there to you know, punish Liverpool. It would be if our set pieces were working. Which well, that's is, what you wrote this morning, didn't you? I did you? exactly write that. Yes, it's, it's a strange one. We, just, we have a team of beasts. You know, there's so many players over six foot, but it's just not working. It is purely... We've only got Ericsson taking free kicks and corners at the moment. He, he used, you know, he would alternate with Lamella. Lamella's obviously been out and uh, still out there in the wilderness. We're hoping he'll come <laughs> back soon. But he... Yeah, the, the, the corners, they're not often beating the first man. Free kicks aren't always getting into dangerous areas. And... For a team with Spurs height, we, yeah, that's that's where we should be dominating them. You know, Liverpool have looked ropey from set pieces. The Swansea game, a yeah. prime example, that with Lorente just, you know, caused them real problems. Exactly. Um, and so many players with, you know, Deli Alley scored goals from headers from crosses. Kane, we know, can score. Alderweireld put one against the post the other day on a, on a kind of a rare, decent set piece. 
we should be putting those away, and that's what Liverpool would fear. If let's, we were just able hope, to. let's just hope Harry Kane's not um, in the in the uh, pecking order to, to solve <laughs> no, this. No. To solve if this, he comes anywhere near a corner flag, <laughs> we won't have to worry. I do think we need to look at our options with with who's taking corners because Ericsson just isn't isn't delivering. Mm. No, it's not. Who, which, and bearing in mind, last season, the season before, he was one of Europe's best free kick takers. I don't know what's happened. He's clearly still probably practicing a bit. You know, they always come out with this line. You know, stays behind hours after training, and I'm sure he is. Match situation not working, not delivering. What What is the solution then, Steve? Obviously, Lamella would would be if he was about. Are there, are there any other contenders in that team? Winks possibly. If well, if he's on the pitch, exactly. Is a uh, is Sun any good at corners? I'm not too sure because I've never seen him take one because it's always Ericsson. Funny enough, that's what I said in my article. I'd like to see him try because you know he, he, I think he's both-footed Son, um, so he could deliver. It's, it's having the it's in swingers and out swingers. We don't have that variety from certain sides, and teams know how to set up against it. And yeah, I mean Son, we've seen Son score. He scored some beautiful kind of curling shots. He must be able to take a free kick, and everyone else you'd want it on the end of the free kick or corner. So it is, it's a strange situation. And just very quickly, running out of time, sadly, but um, some suggestions today um, in the Spanish press that uh, Paul Lopez, could that could be a permanent deal now. Do you think that's going to be indicative of what Poch wants to do this summer, just reinforce positions rather than necessarily going out and, and getting, you know, players that are going to dislodge or do you think there needs to be some added competition after last summer's additions it's a strange one with Paolo Lopez you I've always got the impression that it was always going to be permanent he's a he's a Pochettino player was with him at um, Espanyol he he got quite probably the prickliest he's ever been when I've asked him a question earlier in the season when um, Vorm and Loris both got their new deals and I said oh but how does this you know impact on uh, Paolo Lopez Oh, not, not not at all. Doesn't affect him at all. His is a completely separate situation, and uh, and he actually said uh, Lopez is one for the present and future. So even then, you can clearly tell it was his intention to bring him in. Where that leaves Vaughan in the summer, I don't know, because he clearly is grooming him to be the number two behind Loris and. Vorm has only just signed, I think it was a two-year deal, wasn't it? It was just kind of an increase on his terms yeah. rather than an extension. Um, I'd, I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked if that didn't mean he was off in the summer. But uh, you know, I mean, on on the on the transfers, I don't know. I just feel Spurs need to make a bit of a statement this summer. Whether the money's there because of the stadium, I don't know. But that was the big failing, I'd say. If there was a failing of this last summer, was replenishing squad places rather than challenging first team, other than Wanyama. Mm-hmm. who is, I think maybe surprised a lot of people but I think that's it it's, it's, you need someone that is good enough to dislodge that first team I feel, I feel I'm just going to say I feel like this is almost a podcast within itself but I did want to ask you because I, I, I know we've had the discussion previously Steve did, did it feel like strengthening for strengthening's sake a little bit in the summer well I don't know you look at, you look at Wanyama coming in and that, <laughs> that that's the only it's worked, that's that worked really out fairly needed. well well but um, I think in in January we we've missed a trick because you you you've seen the new system with um, the influence of the wing backs and we should have got a proper wing back in. Um, may, maybe it should be a young player. Maybe it should be a, 
a Premier League player that can play in in that position and has been playing in that position. Um, but also the striker as well. I, it's a difficult sell though, isn't it? As they found out to their cost with with Janssen, to say to a striker in you know in Europe now, right? We need a striker. We need someone that can feasibly come in for Kane and deliver goals. There's no suggestion that you're ever going to get a striker that's going to come in and command a first team place above Kane. Frankly, there aren't that many that would do that. But, um, it, but it goes two ways, though. You you either get that player in to to play when Kane isn't performing, or you get that player in who will push Kane to the to, limit. to the limit and to push him to score those goals when when he's not necessarily uh, he's um, at his best, or someone that could play alongside Kane, or Give alongside you another option. Kane. Yeah, but I I I think so. I don't know how realistic it is, but someone like Lukaku. He would come in as a a direct replacement for Kane when Kane can't play or when he's not playing. Um, well, uh, when he's not performing, you'd assume he'd want first team assurances, though, mm. wouldn't you? There is that, but I don't think it's a I don't think it's a bad thing if he came in and was playing better than Kane. I, if if he's coming in and scoring, the, the team is more important than the one player. As much as I love Kane, we need someone that can come in. Is Lukaku proving though that he is someone that needs that run of games to get that head of steam up? You know, as Janssen's showing, it, it's tough. It is tough to come in here and there and try and pick up match sharpness. It's um, it's a conundrum that I think we'll uh, stew over for quite some time. And I'm sure on further podcasts we'll come on to that. Um, we are running out of time, unfortunately. But um, as I do on every podcast, and you, you won't forgive me for doing this. Um, I want some predictions for the weekend, please. So, Steve, if you could kick us off, how do you think it's going to go at Anfield? I, I think I think we'll do it. I think uh, it'll be a narrow win, as, as most of these big games are that that we have won. Um, yeah, I, I reckon we'll do okay. And I think Liverpool have been struggling, and I can't really see them um, doing much better than they have been doing. I'm going to go for the expected with the score. I'm going to go for 1-1. The unexpected with the Spurs scorer, I think that it's going to be the game where Vinny comes off the bench and gets that goal from open play to save the day. Blimey. That would be something. There you go. I'm now going to hurriedly look for the odds on that. I've just realised you didn't give us a score prediction. You said it was going to go well. But what, what's your score prediction? Come on. I'm going to go for 2-1. 2-1. So 2-1 and a 1-all. I think... I can see this being really, again, really tight. Not a lot between the two teams. I don't think Spurs are going to give up many, many chances to the Liverpool team. It wouldn't surprise me if he packs the midfield a bit, Poch. I'm going to go nil-nil. Um, yeah, so I'm expecting a thriller there. <laughs> can, I, can I add in a Sun 87th minute winner? Of course you can. <laughs> there we you go. can always add in a Sun 87th minute winner. <laughs> Fantastic. So, um, yeah, that just about wraps up our latest uh, Football the London Spurs podcast. Um, hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to go to www.football.london for all your latest Spurs news. We're also on Twitter and Facebook too, so if you could give us a follow and a like, that would be great. Um, that's all from us, so thank you, Alice there, our Spurs writer, for joining us. Cheers. And thank you to Steve, Mr. Website Builder, who's, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sure will be regularly joining us uh, for Spurs 
podcast in future. So thank you, Steve. Thank you. Brilliant. And um, yeah, thank you very much, Spurs fans. And um, we'll be back at the same time next week when we'll be um, talking to you. I think colours there out in Ghent um, ahead of the Europa League game. So be sure to join us for that. Thank you and goodbye.